Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by. This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We are going to talk a basketball commit and then a bunch of football. But let's start out with football because everything went down after we recorded um, media day, fan day, open practice. Um. During media day, Kyle, I don't know if any comments from Mark Stoops really stood out to you, but you know, overall, he actually again talked on Saturday after the open practice. So we talked to him for a half hour on media day, and then the next day talked to him for another ten minutes. But I just just feel like he's he's got a confidence in the sense that I think he knows where his program is, and he's ready to to, to get on this next kind of journey. He knows he has to replace a lot of stuff. You know, and we've been through it all. The secondary, Benny Snell, Josh Allen, um, plugging those holes are not going to be easy, but he knows he just has so much more talent than he had when he first took over the program. He's ready to take on this challenge, I feel like. Yeah, it sounds, sounds that way. I mean, uh, I think he's probably more confident in his team than most people on the outside are. Uh, I think I, I get the sense that he's eager to – to demonstrate that last year wasn't some kind of flash in the pan, even though it's kind of weird that anybody would think that because it's not like it came out of nowhere. I mean, they built toward toward it uh, for a while, and so there's no reason if you were if you had success before your big breakout season that you can't have at least that level of success after. I think he feels that way too. I mean, we've talked a bunch about ceilings and floors and how I think as much as the ceiling has been raised, they've raised the floor, and I think I think that's what he is confident of. I think Stoops is confident that they they are only going to fall so far, and if a couple things break their way, they could really exceed people's expectations. So, uh, and, and I think it's also easy to have a little more confidence when you walk around and take a look at some of those guys. I mean, they they have a different kind of dude uh, walking around, even in the freshmen that they bring in now than they used to. Yeah, um, there's no, well, there is absolutely no doubt about that, and I mean that was kind of. Um, I sent out a half-joking tweet, uh, Kyle. You know, you since you've been around Lexington, you started off covering a bunch of football. Um, UK fans, media, they love to talk about a tight end, and it was CJ Conrad for the last couple years. Uh, a lot of a lot of talk about how he wasn't thrown to enough. I think that that's probably true overall, but there are uh, reasons for why that happened. And now this year. Uh, during media day, there was a ton of conversation about the three three tight ends that have experience: Keaton Upshaw, Brandon Bates, and um, Justin Rigg. And uh, the fact that Mark Stoops talked about how they'll be le- they'd be leading the team off the bus, meaning they look like SEC football players, and that's kind of a a thing that we've talked in years past about. But it really feels like it's coming to a head at this point. They have just a lot of guys that really look the park. I mean. Um, uh, Brimby, the Brimby, the new JUCO linebacker. When I was at practice, he wasn't practicing; he was just working out on the sideline. But you're just like, holy cow! You know that guy <laughs> looks like he's put together to play some SEC football. And in years past, you'd look around and you wouldn't see as many of those guys. And now it just seems like almost everybody fits that mold, even the youngsters. 
Yeah, the off the bus team. Uh, sounds like they have quite a few candidates for that. Um, uh, Justin Rigg being, uh, or no, uh, who was the the one at Media Day that he was talking about? Upshaw. Uh, yeah, Keaton Upshaw. Um, the there was a that funny moment in the uh, press conference where Mark Story was apparently trying to ask him a question about that, and uh, he had some foibles. Uh, I think he pulled a he said he pulled a Cal Perry there. Yeah, on, Mark uh, Stoops Mark did. Yeah, yeah, he kept kept talking, kept wanting to talk, and honestly, Kyle, that's probably the biggest sign that <laughs> Mark Stoops kind of likes his team. I'll I'll borrow from from Calipari there, yeah, uh, because you know he's willing to go into a little bit more detail about guys and and you know not not hype anybody up necessarily, but he's 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 being a little bit more transparent and transparent in the sense that, um, well, I'll just give an example. It's the easiest way. He was kind of talking. Everybody was obviously trying to get some answers and some clarity about the secondary since there are so many questions, and he basically said, you know. I'm kind of almost in your guys' shoes where I haven't got to work to the, work with these guys as a team yet, and I don't know where all these pieces are going to fit. But he, he basically um, said that he was excited about trying to fit these pieces together because he knows he has a lot of talent, but they just don't have a ton of college experience. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm super interested to see. Um, yeah, I think I just like, in so many ways I feel like this year is a test of – the idea of building a program, you know, versus a team that we've talked a lot about that we'll see. Yeah. Have, have they maintained or even improved, uh, their talent level with the, the guys they're bringing in? Have they, the other thing too, like that's really interesting to me that they've done a great job of through the first six years of Mark Stoops is, in identifying the guys that aren't, aren't highly rated. I mean, we've talked a lot about, we quantify, how well they've recruited based on the recruiting rankings um, and, you know, four-star guys and all these guys that they get. But they've also done this incredible job of finding guys who will become stars who no one thinks that of, only they do. Uh, Josh Allen, um, Benny Snell, and others. Um, can they – I mean, Steven Johnson. Let, I mean, let's <laughs> Steven Johnson – it's kind of amazing what he did at Kentucky considering sort of what his status was coming in. Um, is, does that guy, is that guy out there? You know, are we about to get introduced to somebody that we're not paying attention to because maybe he doesn't look like a freak right now, or he didn't come in with a bunch of stars next to his name or a bunch of other high profile offers. Is there, did, did they, did they, uh, out, um, out scout, did they out um, identify their competition again on a couple guys? Because that, to me, especially when you're a Kentucky, even if you've upgraded your recruiting and you are recruiting some of the high-level guys with some of the big boys, you're not going to win enough of those for that to be enough. I think you're going to have to have the Josh Allen come along every now and then that none, none of the big boys wanted, and then he beats all the big boys. Um, that, that, to me, as much as anything, is what I'll be really curious to watch for as the season gets underway, you know, one of these guys we're not gawking at right now who's going to, you know, maybe be a star. Well, we'll, I did get to gawk at some of those dudes in the open practice. We'll discuss that um, after we tell you guys about Buffalo Trace, which is back on as a sponsor, and we are thrilled about it. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, you can check out the world's most award-winning distillery. See 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. 
Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends like Taylor, Stagg, Weller, Blanton, and Lee. And of course, you can taste the award-winning spirits in America's oldest continually operating distillery. They've got a tour for every taste. They offer seven complimentary tours uh, seven days a week, year-round. You can see the E.H. Taylor Tour um, and all kinds of others. So go to buffalotracedistillery.com to get more information. And right now, if you go there and you go to their gift shop, and you mentioned that you heard about them on Locked On Kentucky. You get 10% off your purchase. So go to buffalotracedistillery.com. Go over to the distillery. Do an awesome tour. And then go to the gift shop and mention Locked On Kentucky and get 10% off your purchase. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we went. I went over to the open practice. I wasn't able to make it to Fan Day, which I heard was a complete circus. Uh, someone told me that there were over 100 people lined up over an hour before they even opened the doors to get the signature. Um, and after the open practice, when we talked to Mark Stoops, he had this like huge smile on his face. Just really, he was super appreciative of all the fans. He mentioned it a couple of times, and you know, uh, he also said that he wished that the players had more free time um, to sign and interact with the fans. But Kyle, as you know, like this time of the year, all these these college football. Guys, they got they have very little free time, and when they are kind of resting, most of the time they're trying to get off their feet and take naps. Yeah, that's uh, and if you go to LSU, you can just pull your locker stall out into a, a first class uh, airplane cabin bed. Apparently now in their new locker room, but uh, yeah, it I saw the pictures from Fan Day. It looked like a massive crowd. Uh, apparently, uh, it was no surprise Lynn Bowden and. Uh, and uh, Cash Daniel were the biggest draws. Um, obviously, the biggest. I think those two and, and uh, Terry Wilson are kind of the high-profile stars of this team. But uh, to me, it looks like people are very excited about Kentucky football coming off that ten-win season. That shouldn't be any surprise. But you would you'd hope you get a little bump there, just like you hope you get a bump in recruiting. You hope that 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 momentum carries into you know season ticket sales this year and. Uh, things like Fan Day, and look like even just uh, the folks who stuck around after the autographs to watch in the roped off sections looked like there were a ton of fans mm-hmm. out there on the field, and uh, you know that's a big piece of how you succeed and how you build is when you can sell. It's I mean, how often do we hear Kentucky basketball players who come here when they're thinking about coming here after they commit, and then when they're here talk about the fan base, uh, and if you can get that kind of sort of rabid fan culture with football it's something you sell you know players we we know because of the way they behave on social media and asking for people to follow them and like their stuff and all that stuff they want to be uh adored they want to go uh, go to a place where people uh you know whether right rightly or wrongly where people kind of uh, hang on their every move and i think if you start to create that in football that helps you with recruiting as well yeah, and I mean, you know, at the open practice, you mentioned it, Kyle, there was a ton of people there. Uh, a couple quick notes, injury-wise, Isaiah Epps uh, had some kind of foot injury during the first practice, so he was held out. Don't have a ton of information to that. He was in a, on a walking boot. Also, um, uh, Brandon Eccles, the JUCO um, DB, was limited, as well as Keaton Upshaw, who is is coming back from a, a hamstring issue, uh, injury. 
Um, so all those guys were a little bit limited. So if you were at Fan Day and, and saw those guys and were wondering what, why they weren't getting more time, there's your there's your reasons why. But nothing major um, in the first couple of days of practice, which is a a, a positive. Obvi- it, I mean, this is in the least surprising thing ever. The player who stood out the most was Lynn Bowden. Uh, it, it was just clear cut the best football player on the field. And you know we we talked up how those guys looked. Um, how you know they look like SEC guys, and this isn't a knock against anybody else on on the field. It's just Bowden, like man, Kyle. He just seemed to have it all figured out. He was getting to spots, uh, and this is very limited, and it's just shells. It's not full pads, so you can't take a ton away from it. But when they did go eleven on eleven, you know he was getting to the right spots in the field and being open, and uh, you know he he just has the knack for it, and also um, returning punts. Uh, he's do- he was doing that again, and he looked unbelievably comfortable. You know, last year he had a couple of issues, and actually, you know, Stoops kind of took him, um, took him out away from that job a bit, and uh, to keep to get you know the safety of a guy who's a little bit more sure-handed. Um, well, th- this year in practice, from what I saw, it looks like he's the guy, and he's he's not going to have any issues um, back there receiving punts. And then once he gets his hands on the ball, <laughs> you know, it's going to be electric. Um, so he really, really stood out and. And the other guy is, is Justin Rigg. He caught a ton of balls um, when they were going 11-on-11. 11 11. And Kyle, you might be right. You know, He might be the second-leading receiver. I was, I was kind of skeptical of it, but it seems like he and Terry Wilson have a little bit of connection there. Yeah, I just think uh, he's probably the most um, – Just and, and this, is, <laughs> this is very limited knowledge, but just in terms of his physical makeup, uh, his experience level – the fact that they don't have that like clear number two receiver um, and the tight end can be such a safety valve for a quarterback. And, and as Terry Wilson tries to make a step forward as a passer, uh, I, it just, to me, it just feels like he's a guy who could just have, you know, maybe not even crazy games, but like the guy that you just, it's three or four catches every, every night, uh, every day, every Saturday. Um, you know, and break a big one every now and then. So, you know, I don't know. I might be wrong, and they seem certainly smitten with Keaton Upshaw as well. Uh, but if you don't have any sure things besides Lynn Bowden at wide receiver, I think you utilize those big tight ends. Yeah. And and, and I would say on Bowden, uh, I, you know, I think um, I, I think for the first year for sure, and even a little bit last year, there was a lot of kind of just – when he did get it, good things happened, but he was playing a lot on just raw ability and instinct. And if he's very confident and knowledgeable uh, and sure of where he's supposed to be and when, and the quarterback knows he can count on him to be where he's supposed to be and when, uh, he could put together a monster season. Assuming nobody takes his head off. I always worry about his size. Not because he's not big enough to get it done, but just at some point is somebody going to destroy him. The other thing is, if he does have a big season receiving the ball and he is going to be the primary punt return guy, he's going to become a national star. Um, The dude had, I believe, five punt returns last season. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I think it was five. And he took two to the house. Um, He's just so dynamic, so slippery. If If he fields 25, 30 punts this season and actually returns them, uh... You know, he could have four or five punt return touchdowns um, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other, you know, 
maybe not touchdowns, but puts them in great field position. Um, you know, and if he's the, I mean, gonna be, he is gonna be the number one receiving option. I mean, that's a dude who could easily put up a hundred catch season and have three, four, five punt return touchdowns. And at that point, you're looking at an All American. Um, I I would be barring injury, I would be almost shocked if Lynn Bowden is not a uh, a household name in the SEC this season. Yep, I completely agree, and I mean that's why he was um, on the All SEC teams. The you know uh, what are they all purpose guy? I think that he'll definitely be able to fill to fill those roles on probably a lot of those slots. And like I said, I mean it is just one practice, but he just he just seemed to have like a complete control of of receiving the punts. And obviously, no one was really bearing down on him. And once you get in live action, it's different. But you know, often even last year, I remember him dropping a few in the, the couple practices that we got to saw. So he's definitely made an improvement on that. And if he's sure-handed and Mark Stoops trusts him, then he's going to get back there as often as he can, unless he just needs a break from being on the field all the time. Um, so I, I, his, <laughs> I just continue to think his impact on the field is is going to be even more. And it's crazy because we had high expectation, deservedly so, um, before I even saw this stuff. Coming up next, we got to talk some basketball recruiting because Kentucky got another commitment on Sunday. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. C-A-M apostrophe R-O-N. Not often do you get to talk to a dude uh, that is named after a famous rapper, and I don't know if it's... He's actually named after the rapper or not, but he has the same name. I'm, I'm, I told you, Kyle, when Cameron Fletcher's name started to bubble up, that I was super excited just because um, I, I liked Cameron the rapper when I was in high school, and now he's going to be a player for UK basketball. So I'm going to get to talk about him. Yeah, I know you're. I know you're really, really excited by Cameron. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a. I mean, it's quite a little role Kentucky's on. You know, one thing, as good a recruiter as John Calipari is, I don't feel like we've seen a bunch of situations, I'm trying to think if I can remember them, uh, where guys commit right there on the visit. It's a, a, a That happens a lot in football. It may happen other places. But I don't feel like it happens a lot at Kentucky. And I think sometimes it's a, a deal where, uh, you know, Kentucky's happy to say, like, go home, think it over, get you know, figure out what you want to do. Um, but – um, to to go two for two now in the last you know week, basically of getting guys here on their visit, and by the time they go home, they're it's a done deal. Um, I, I don't know if that's a change in the way Kentucky is approaching it. Are they pushing? Um, you know, are they saying, "Hey, let's get this done," and? Uh, are they just being a little more aggressive in how they make their pitch while they're on these visits? I don't know, but uh, I think it's kind of notable that in the span of basically eight days, I think, uh, or maybe exactly a week. Uh, no, I think it was Saturday morning, Friday. It was a Friday night that I saw Boston on his visit at uh, Jeff Ruby's with the staff. And I think Saturday morning he had publicly committed. Uh, I believe if I'm not wrong, I wasn't there this time, but I believe they make they switched things up and they took Cameron Fletcher and his family to Tony's Steakhouse, uh, and I believe that was maybe last night. Um, and then he committed publicly this morning. So, essentially, in the span of eight days, 
they they didn't let two top 40 kids even get out of town before getting commitments. So, so I don't know what to make of that, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it's just, a, the, well, I mean, we theorized it to a certain extent when we were hosting um, with the Leach Report, I think, and we probably talked about it on here as well, kind of the domino effect to get the balls ro- ball rolling and um, once one thing happens the next, and these aren't directly connected, uh, connected Boston uh, and Fletcher, because you know Fletcher had long been rumored to to be a guy that Kentucky had focused in on, and once they started giving him attention, he was really open to it. Um, but to, but you were talking about it, uh, Kyle. Like it's important to get these early commitments, you know, to get things kind of where you have a base, and then you allow these guys to recruit other guys they know. Um, future recruits, um, if they pick Kentucky, know they won't be coming alone, which is obviously it's a big deal now. And I think most basketball, uh, college basketball, you know, even the NBA guys don't want to play where there aren't other guys that they feel like they can win with. And, you know, that's what Fletcher's comments uh, were to Evan Daniels, our buddy at 247 Surge. He wants to come to Kentucky, wants to win a national championship, and he wants to go to the league. And that's, I think, what everybody's goal is pretty much that comes to the U.K. And so – to kind of just keep this this thing going is obviously just a huge step. I mean, he's a another he's six foot six, one eighty five wing. You look at his highlights; he's super bouncy. He looks like a prototypical John Calipari wing player who can really score, which is um, really interesting. And you know, they they UK tweeted out the video of him looking at uh, the MKG. They have the little kid in front of the TV, and then they run highlights uh, after a guy commits, and it was. This, his example was Michael Kidd Gilchrist, which is obviously a great guy uh, to kind of model your game after. Yeah, yeah, and, and and just a very good start to this class. You got top 10 player in Boston, a top 40 player. Cameron Fletcher is, I think, 36th in the twenty in the 247 composite. Yes. Uh, he, uh, you know, he had, a, he had an impressive list. He was His final five were Carolina, Michigan State, Missouri, and Alabama. He's from Missouri, so... Uh, that was you know, a popular pick until Kentucky really got serious with them. Uh, just a little shameless plug here. We've talked about it before, but on The Athletic, about two weeks ago, I did a breakdown of all 10 guys in the 2020 class who had Kentucky offers. I spoke to each of their high school or AAU coaches, and then I spoke, spoke to Corey Evans from Rivals and uh, just kind of broke down where things stands with Kentucky. And so far, two of those guys have visited since I put that story together, and all and both of them have committed. And uh, just I'll read this this quote uh, from two weeks ago from his uh, AAU team director Cameron Fletcher's. Uh, he said, "I think Kentucky's very very high on that list. They're Kentucky. Anytime you get that offer and they're in contact with the staff, that's hard for any kid uh, to walk away from. So I think they're very high on that list." This and he said smartly, "That decision is probably going to be sooner than people think. We thought it was going to drag on into the season." But by him cutting his list already, it's probably going to be soon. Once you get down to about five schools, it's not really rocket science. You've got to get a feel for the staff. You've got to look at who's there and who's coming, as you mentioned, Curtis. Look at style of play and whether you think you'd be a good fit. Obviously, Kentucky is a different animal. You have to be. You have to go in fully prepared from day one to hit the ground running at 100%. Cam fits the style of play, and now it's just whether he and his family decide he's ready for that. Um, so it sounds like he decided he was ready for that. And uh, Calipari talks all the time about wanting guys to accept the challenge when they sit you down and say, look, you're going to have to beat out really good players to play. Uh, there's going to be enormous pressure here. Uh, you know, National championship is the expectation. Practice is going to be a, a miserable experience at times. 
do you want that or not? You're not going to get to shoot a bunch of balls. Do you, you know, do you accept that challenge? And I think the fact that these last two guys committed on their visit, um, early on in the process says a lot about getting the kind of guys they want at Kentucky. So, um, yeah, I mean, Duke is the only program right now that's got a better pair of commitments in the 2020 class, uh, and not by much. And so now, uh, can they, to me, if they pitch it, kind of spinning this forward, if they now go get Jalen Green, they have, uh, you know, a another national championship level trio of, of backcourt players. Um, you know, I think that could be your starting one, two, and three, Jalen Green and Brandon Boston and, and, uh, and Cameron Fletcher, if you needed it to be. Now, I'd assume a couple guys will come back from this year's team, so... Uh, if they can go get, if they can go finish off this sort of backcourt group, uh, now that they've got a couple of really good, interesting wings, one a little more athletic, one a little more of a natural scorer, and then get a guy like Jalen Green who can play on or off the ball. He's kind of a combo guard. I think he could play point guard if you needed him to. He's a top five player in the class. Then I think you're cooking with gas. Then I think at that point, Kentucky is looking at as good a class as uh, as I think we've said this too. I think. They're off to a start right now where they could end up with as, as good of a class as they've signed since probably 2014, uh, the group that was on that 2014-15 uh, team. That's high praise. <laughs> that's that's a really that's a really high bar uh, to live up to. So we'll keep a track, keep an eye, and keep track of all the basketball recruiting as things seem to be heating up a little bit. Um, please subscribe to this podcast and share it. And follow along with us on social media at Locked On UK on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B U R C H. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Of course, read his work on The Athletic. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this edition of the show. Go check them out at buffalotracedistillery.com. That's going to do it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.